From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Lawanjira Suladet. Most people in the world love meat. It is our main source of protein and other essential nutrients for our body. Meat is delicious too. However, as the global demand for meat is constantly rising, industrial production of meat is expanding in every corner of the earth, sucking up natural resources to feed intensive animal farms and leaving behind substantial amount of waste and a great deal of pollution to our environment. Today Unlock the Science is going to explore into the alarming ramifications of our meat supply. And with the advancement of food science, we will also look into current endeavor to find replacement of the impactful industrial meat. Meat is an integral part of human's diet since before the beginning of history, as our primitive ancestors make their living by hunting wild animals for protein. Nowadays, we do not have to go hunting in order to get meat, thanks to the development of intensive animal farming techniques and elaborate supply chains of animal feed that spans the globe. Varieties of meat are available for us to buy in our local markets. But the easy access to mass production of meat comes with a high price, as the meat industry has caused many environmental and health problems, including deforestation, water and air pollution, climate change, and even rising risk of new zoonotic diseases. According to Greenpeace, industrial meat is the single biggest cause of deforestation globally. From Southeast Asia to South America, rainforests are being cut down to make way for monoculture plantations of animal feed crops, such as soya and maize. Data gathered by ourworldindata.org, a website of global data and research, revealed that beef industry alone was responsible for 41% of global deforestation. In order to get 100 grams of protein from beef, it will need an area of over 160 square meters, equal to the size of a considerably large room. In contrast, to get the same amount of 100 grams of protein from groundnuts, it will need only three and a half square meters. In other words, Getting protein from beef needs an area of land 46 times larger than getting the same amount from groundnuts. In Mekong region, industrial maize plantations for manufacturing chicken feed are causing harmful agrochemical contamination in the soil and water and trickling severe transboundary air pollution every year because of unsustainable farming practices. The overall carbon footprint of meat industry is also fairly high. According to Food and Agriculture Organization, or FAO of the United Nations, global livestock industry emits around 7.1 gigatons of CO2 annually, equivalent to the emission of all the world's cars, trucks, and airplanes combined. Greenpeace has also highlighted that adverse impacts of meat industry are causing many wild flora and fauna species 
to disappear due to habitat loss. Animals in intensive factory farms are usually raised under fairly poor living conditions of overcrowding cages. The overcrowding and often unsanitary conditions in the farms contribute to higher risk of zoonotic diseases transmission from animals to humans, which is the most likely explanation for the current global COVID-19 pandemic. We can see that industrially produced meat is probably not a sustainable way for us to get our protein. But currently, we have quite a number of other sources to get environmental friendlier and energy-saving replacements of protein from meat. This could range from tofu to plant-based meat. For this conversation, we have Tita Plairaksa, a master's degree student at Faculty of Political Science, Chulalongkorn University, who is an active vegan activist as our guest. Up next, Unlock the Science reporter, Brad Ruchi Wanarum, talks to Tita about the reasons that we may want to avoid impactful industrial meat. How long have you been a vegetarian? Uh, actually, I am the vegan, uh-huh, and I have been vegan for five years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to add like something about vegan, uh, because people like always conflict between the veganism and also uh, vegetarian. So the veganism mm-hmm. is a practice of abstaining from the use of the animal products, and and also its diet. I didn't consume any the animal products. So including meat, the, the dairy products like egg, cheese, and uh-huh. those things that came from the animals. Uh, and why do you choose to be vegan? So I, I decided to be vegan because I saw the food tape in the slaughterhouse. So I knew that how our food and milk came from and how bad that they treat the animal uh, in the farm. With, with this kind of thing that we we've never seen in the media before. Even the bad side and news of the meat company because it might take people uh, to stop eating meat and don't buy the products from them. So, and and according from that, I just, I I also realized that uh, we can survive without consuming any more products. Is it hard to be a vegan because many people still like meat? Is it hard to, to only eat plant-based food? For myself, uh, I have to say that uh, it, it might be hard from the beginning that you do think that, oh, if, if, I, if I become vegan, what I'm going to eat in a day? It might be boring to eat just, you know, get the dot pens. But, but it's actually that like vegan food like nowadays in Bangkok or in Thailand, we have more choices and uh, we have uh, many weekend restaurants. And I think that uh, it's just about our mindset that, okay, yeah, I will try uh, the weekend like step by step. Uh, you don't need to be weekend like in one day, like uh, for myself. I just dish off like uh, the red meat before and then I just start, okay, uh, dish off seafood and then vegan. Yeah. There is a lot of information stating that meat industry is bad for Earth. Do you agree with this statement and why? Uh, well, I, w- I would have to say that I agree with, with this one uh, because the livestock 
for meat uh, consumption, it had been the the key factor of effect to the to the environment, such as the climate change, the water pollute, and uh, deforestation, and and the total uh, percentage of the climate change are mainly from the livestock, and the climate change had been hot issue, you know, like in the world for over a decade, and it came to the the Transboundary problem is not only the one specific country or region anymore. It's about the world. Uh, we see the livestock is causing like 18% of the global warming effects, and it's higher uh, than any of the transport stations. And um, uh, the gas emission from the livestock is contain like uh, carbon dioxide, methane, and uh, beside that, to raise the cattle, poultry, pig, and eggs in the livestock industry, is you the huge volume of the water of that production, and it is main cause of the water footprint. The quality of water used to produce each of the goods, such as the growing the livestock farm, and moreover. The deforestation in the livestock sector is a higher percent than the deforestation in the palm oil industry. Amazon is the biggest rainforest and the most diverse ecosystem in the world are harming in dangers with the serious condition from livestock deforestation. Why is vegetarian or vegan is good for the planet? Well, they think that I'm I'm about to speak. It's it's just uh, not my opinion, but it's yeah. from uh, the researcher of the Oxford University. It's far that cutting meat and dairy products from your diet could reduce an individual carbon footprint from food by up to uh, 73%. And if anyone stops eating this food, they found that the global farmland use could be reduced by uh, 75%. And what is the benefit of eating uh, vegetarian or eating vegan to our health? Yeah, for our health. So, so let's say that um, other people might think that uh, we have to eat meat to get the pot- uh, protein, right? But the meat is not containing protein. It's also contained antibiotics, uh, the pesticide, or uh, cholesterol, like some kind of that. Uh, if you like uh, become vegan, you might get like less hand to get those type of things. And the protein is also found in the pens. It's not only in the meat. And and the animals need to eat uh, the food to get the protein, right? And their food is a pens. So for why we have to eat animals to, to get the protein? Um, we can get the protein from from hens, right? Like from like seitan, like soybean, um, back bean, red bean, chickpeas, tempeh, or you know, like those kind of beans, and and also like quinoa, some kind of that. I would say that we are we were we were and we are and we were brain watching that uh, we have to eat meat to get the protein. We we cannot leave without meat, mm-hmm. but it is actually marketing. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the marketing from the livestock company that you know they want you to buy their products. But nowadays, like 
of the vegan trend in in the world and in Thailand is growing like sharply. Many meat industry company in Thailand they are launching the new plant-based meat already because they know that it's going to become a trend. Nowadays, like in the market, there is alternative meat. Like there is so many brands. Um, have you heard about Beyond Meat? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh the Beyond Meat. It's actually start up from the state, uh, from the USA, uh-huh. and they are successful, like you know, in the global market. But but nowadays, like Thai company, like Thai startup, also doing so many plant based meat, like right now, and they do the export as well. Uh, for example, like the less pan meat and meat water, animal meat. That is so many products that uh, is from pens, and people just keep developing their products. You know, we will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. In December 2020, a major British media, The Guardian, reported that a new chicken product known as Chicken Bites. Has been introduced to the market in Singapore for the first time. This ready-to-cook chicken nugget looks similar to the other brands of chicken nugget available in Singapore, but Chicken Bites, which is produced by the United States company Eat Just, has a major distinction from other common chicken products. The meat in Chicken Bites nuggets does not come from any animal farm, but it is cultured in laboratory. The technique to grow meat in the lab is known as cultivated meat. According to Veganery, a charity organization registered in England to promote veganism, cultivated meat or cultured meat is meat made from animal tissue taken from conventional meat. But rather than farming and slaughtering whole animals, it is made using a small amount of animal cells. And growing them in a nutrient-rich medium inside an incubator, where they multiply rapidly, the final product is a piece of meat that has almost the same characteristic of conventional meat, but with a great plus of not having to harm any animals and causing far less impact to the environment. Only fairly small pieces of animal are collected to retrieve the cells to make them replicate in lab condition. The cells need only animal-based or plant-based culture mediums to grow. Therefore, cultivated meats do not need large land areas or intensive resources for them to produce as conventional meats do. As the global demand for meat continues to rise, cultivated meat could become a great alternative choice to feed the world's population. This technique of producing meat also minimizes environmental footprints from our food production system. In order to learn more on this new kind of meat, Unlock the Science reporter Brad Ruchi Wanarom talks to Assistant Professor Dr. Jane Pop Sawang Meg, Head of Veterinary Stem Cell and Bioengineering Innovation Center, Faculty of Veterinary Science, Chulalongkorn University. Could you please explain us some more detail about the how we grow meat in the lab? 
um, to let people understand this easily, I would like to to explain um, in simple things like uh, normally when we have the meat product, so we have to um, raise the animals and we have to put them in the slaughterhouse and then cut some organs like muscle or some internal organ to be our food. But in 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 terms of cultured meat, uh, we changed the platform by uh, we try to mimic the um, natures of the development of the muscles organs in a lab setup, and then make it simple. We can make it in a lab. It might take a little bit uh, longer than uh, the natural development, but in final, in final, we can get uh, something like very similar to the natural meat. Mm-hmm. And could you please uh, explain me more how this uh, technology is developed in the uh, first place? Okay, so, so actually, um, the the concept of culture meat or uh, is under the concept of alternative of food. Um, there's uh, many many of the kinds of alternative food like a plant based um, food and plant based protein. But right now, um, the things that becoming more interesting is the lab grown meat or lab grown um, culture. So by the technology of the biotechnology um, combined with the tissue engineering and bioengineering, we can create uh, some set of the cells that can grow in the lab. And then we put some technique on materials that can uh, eat. We got edible materials that then we combine them together to make the finished product um, to be called like a culture meat or lab grown meat, something like this. And how much capacity our technology right now allow us to mass produce the cultivated meat? I think it, it can be linked with the cost of the production. So right now, it would say that we have to um, pay a lot to make the, the pioneer product. But when we um, be able to pr- produce more and more, the total cost will be much reduced. And I think the, within a couple of years, number than five years or ten years, we can uh, get the first product in the market and the price might be very affordable. I, I have heard that in Singapore, we already have cultivated meat product on the market. Do you think mm-hmm. the same thing can be happen in Thailand? This is interesting. Um, actually, the, when we look at the history of the cultured meat, mm-hmm. um, the, the very first country was the, um, I think, in the States and some countries in Europe, and the big teams in Israel. And recently, I think last year, we have the, the first product from Singapore. Uh, it means that the, the trends of cultivation is, is expanding. Mm-hmm. So for Thailand, I think for sure, within a couple of years, we're going to have some first premium products launch in the market, for mm-hmm. sure. Do you think uh, the cultured meat can be competitive to the traditional meat from farm? Uh, interesting, again. Um, so, so when we look at the cost of yeah. the food productions in terms of uh, traditional food productions, we have to have animals, food producing animals. We have to have farms. Mm-hmm. We have to have feed crops to grow the animals. So these um, platforms use a lot of um, stakeholders and, and resources. But when we build a culture meat, we use only some siding cells and some materials. And if we have um, the very efficient technology and the machine, we can grow them, many, many of them, with, with a low cost. So in the long run, I think we can save a lot of the cost. And by uh, other ways, um, in terms of environmental health, 
so we can save our environmental health. We can reduce a lot of the pollutions, many many things. Because we don't need mm-hmm. to grow the the animals, we don't need to make the feed crop to grow them. Uh, we can save a lot in terms of environmental health and and one health concept. That is really interesting. It means mm-hmm. that <laughs> maybe uh, the price for the customer may be high, a little bit higher, but for the cost or the environment, mm-hmm. it will be cheaper. Is that yeah, correct? yeah. Let's say that in the very first launch of the market, uh, the price may be a little bit high, yeah. but when uh, the, this product get more acceptance, it's gonna be widely spread and people can have more can have more exception. So I think. The price gonna be reduced because the market is expanding. Do the culture may meat is tasted the same with the traditional meat? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, actually our goal is to make the similar things like natural meat. Oh. Yeah, but the technical issue is quite secret right now, so um, we cannot disclose right now. But anyway, uh, finally we can have some products that very look like meat. I see. And what kind of meat that we can produce now? Um, actually. It's conceptually, uh, every kind of meat, uh, of meat, we can make it. <laughs> and do you think how the culture meat solve the world hunger? Um, so when we look at the problems for mm. our world right now, um, we like a food resources, mm. and if we can, you know, make it the meat or food, we can make it like in very low cost and with the. You know, no need to 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 have animals. No need to have food crops. I think this will be a a very interesting resources for supplying our um, population. It's good for the for the future as well, right? Right, right. It's mm-hmm. the same concept of the plant based meat. Um, plant based um food is the same things, but in in culture meat or culture food, I think right now we plan to do the the meat or some some animal products, but in the future maybe we can grow something like a the plants. In the lab, and then we mix them together to make a uh, fusion food. As the current trend of global food market is moving toward healthier and environmentally friendlier products, cultivated meat could be one of the leading food innovations that would change our food industry in the 21st century. Cultivated meat's strong features are that it is cruelty-free product. And is of the same meaty taste and texture as conventional meat. This kind of meat also causes far less negative impacts on our nature. According to data gathered by Netizen in Wikipedia, at least 38 startup companies in Europe, America, Canada, Australia, Argentina, Israel, Turkey, Japan, and Singapore have already been investing in cultivated meat production. Which includes all kinds of meats ranging from poultry, beef, pork to seafood. Most of them are currently in the stage of research and development, and in just a few years ahead, we are likely to see more cultivated meat products in our local markets. Report have suggest that by 2040, or about 20 years from now, most of the meat we eat. Might not come from slaughter animals, but it will come from either plant-based protein or meat cultivated in laboratories. In Thailand, we have an initiative to introduce cultivated meat products to the market as well. Dr. Jen Pop of Veterinarian Stem Cell and Bioengineering Innovation Center, Chulalongkorn University, said his center has established a startup company 
the bio-ink to make use of the biotechnology developed by the center. And this includes the production of cultivated meat and putting them out to the Thai market. This is indeed something for us to watch and understand for the future of our sources of food. Unlock the Science would like to thank Tita Prairaksa from Faculty of Political Science and Assistant Professor Dr. Jen Pop Sawang Meg from Faculty of Veterinary Science, both from Jhulalongkorn University, for their participation in this show. I hope you enjoy our program. You can listen to Unlock the Science on Jula Radio Plus at FM 101.5 every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. You can also listen and follow us on our website, curadio.jula.ac.th, and our Facebook page, and our program is also available at podcast. See you again next Saturday. Have a nice day. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsorawut with Lawan Jirasurade as the program host and co-producer. 